0: And that's really what Joy Seeker is about. It's not the the end all. It teaches us how to be in the journey and really love the journey. And that's – if you can love the steps, like looking back, every step led to where we are today. But we wouldn't have known that if we didn't go for it.
1: This is Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 305 with guest Shannon Kaiser.
0: This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen. A no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's
1: face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so grateful that you are here. It is officially halloween time on us and fall, and I wanted to give you an update on the puppy situation because some of you have been messaging me on Instagram asking me about it. Well, it's sort of on hold because I've got some big projects going on at work, just life gets hectic, and it just was this other task that I needed to do. And also, I'm leaving town for a week for work the first week of November, and then we leave for a whole week for Thanksgiving, and it's just you know, it's inconvenient to have a puppy or a new dog when you are not home. (laughs) I won't, you know, put my brand new dog or puppy in a kennel for a week while we're getting acclimated to each other. So it's kind of all been put on hold. And then my husband reminded me that winter is coming. And if we do get a puppy, he said, it's going to be complicated to train a puppy to go potty outside when it's that cold and when there's snow on the ground. So, just some things to think about to give you an update. You are also helpful and cute in my uh, in my quest for another member of our family, and so encouraging. So, I thank you for that. We have a fantastic guest for you today. Ms. Shannon Kaiser is back on the show. She was, I believe, episode 199. Don't quote me on that. It will be in the show notes. I think you should go and listen to her previous episode because it was so good as well. I'm going to tell you about her in just a minute here. And I also wanted to give you an update on how tennis has been going for me. I haven't been posting it in my Instagram stories because, well, I've lost the last two weeks. (laughs) It's not as fun when you're losing. But here's the thing. And I'm super late to this party. I know a lot of you listening have participated in competitive s- sports since you were, you know, probably wee little ones and into high school and college and even in your later years. So, I'm really late to this. I was a high school cheerleader, we did not compete. It was it was not that kind of cheerleading and tumbling. But the very first week I went out, I told you about how Terrified I was to even go out there. And it was highly emotional for me. And I really felt like I was completing unfinished business. And that felt really great, partly because we won. And we play every Tuesday against other leagues. And so last week we went again, got clobbered. (laughs) Got clobbered. Me and my doubles partner. My doubles partner is actually a better, more consistent player than I am, and we still got clobbered. And it's just, it's like, it's really this weird thing is happening. So on one hand, it's just kind of demoralizing, even though I know it's just recreational. It's not like we're trying to get to the US Open or anything like that. But still, there's this element of, oh my God, we are losing badly. And then also, I keep going back and shifting perspectives into, okay, I can look at it as that or I can look at it as, wow, these women are better players than I am. What can I learn from them? I'm seeing my weak spots. I'm seeing where they are better than me and what is the next step for me to try to master? And like, trust me, it wasn't like I came to that realization and that perspective and then ran with it the entire time. It was a back and forth. Like I would stay there for a minute and then I would go back to my regular cheerful, (laughs) fun self. And then I would have moments of just, oh, it just is mildly humiliating. Mildly, just a little bit. Like on a scale of one to 10, it's like a two. It's really, it's, I'm fine, I'm fine. But it was this back and forth. And then we played again yesterday Lost again, but it was super close. It we were so evenly matched. We ended up in a tiebreaker, and it was even that was so close. And we played on indoor courts, which I have never done before, and it was really humid. And my and I'm not saying this as an excuse, but my glasses kept fogging up <laughs> because it was it was humid. So it was sort of funny. So I would take my glasses off. I'm like, forget it. It's just easier for me to see without them. And then I'm like, oh, maybe I should put them back on. And and so it was this back and forth. So it was sort of funny. But nonetheless, it was so fun. It's been, I just am so in love with this game and and playing as much as possible. And don't worry, I will still show up for you here on the podcast every single week. (laughs) All right. As I mentioned, Shannon Kaiser is here. Always a pleasure to talk to this amazing lady. And we are going to talk about joy. We're going to talk about spirituality, authentic living, all the things that you come here for? Of course, we're going to talk about them. Let me tell you a little bit about her first. Shannon Kaiser is the best-selling author of five books on the psychology of happiness and fulfillment, including her new book, Joy Seeker, Let Go of What's Holding You Back So You Can Live the Life You're Made For, coming out October 29th. As an international life coach, speaker, and retreat leader, she empowers people to trust and believe in themselves so they can live their highest Potential. Visit her website at playwiththeworld.com and follow her on social media at Shannon Kaiser Writes. So without further ado, here is Shannon. Shannon Kaiser, welcome back. Hi, it's so great to be back here with you. I am so glad that you're here. I was telling people in the introduction that you have been here before, and if they have not heard your previous episode, they need to listen to it right after this. That will be in the show notes. So you have a new book coming. Well, it's actually out. We are pre-recording this, but it came out on the 29th. Yes, yes. Joy Seeker. Joy Seeker. (laughs) Okay, already, y'all. You can tell she was the perfect person to write this book. Joy Seeker, let go of what's holding you back so you can live the life you were made for. And
0: it's it sounds like you're pretty excited and proud of this book. I am, and you know, as we were talking right before we got on, I think every book and every project any of us have it kind of has its own its own energy, and and there's so much joy around this. Of course, it's not just about seeking; it's it's about seeking who you really are, and it's about living from the inside out, and that's where true happiness is, and and success, and fulfillment. Um, but it's it's just it's a joy. It's, it's mm-hmm. a light-filled journey and a heartfelt message, really.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I know a little bit about your background. And I know that this book is drawn from a lot of your own life-changing experiences, which many books are because life changes us. <laughs> and then exactly. as artists, we tend to want to help people through our experience. So, so tell us about what led you to write this particular book and how your experiences
0: appear throughout it. This year specifically um, is my 10 year anniversary from leaving corporate, leaving corporate. Um, depression. I was clinically diagnosed with clinical depression, anxiety. I had eating disorders and I was suffering silently with drug addiction. That was a decade ago. Um, so it's interesting because at that time in my life, I read an article about how dogs can help with depression. I know you love your dog too. I love watching yes. your Instagram for your dog. <sighs> my dog, I so I adopted a dog named Tucker. He was a rescue golden retriever and he changed Everything. I left corporate. I discovered I wanted to be a writer. I started coaching. I started traveling. It's like I found myself and my purpose and life was amazing with him by my side. Two years ago, though, he passed on yeah. just from old age, but that was devastating for me. It actually... Um, wrecked my whole worldview because I realized I was putting all of my happiness outside of myself. So when he passed on, I lost all joy. I fell into another depression after eight years of being depression and drug-free and everything. Um, I stayed clean, but it was an internal struggle for me of what is the point of of Mm -hmm. who am I? And I asked myself a question, what have you always wanted to do, but you haven't given yourself permission to do? And that was important for me. I think journaling really saved me through my grief. And in my journal, I answered, I want to travel the world full time for a year. Yeah.
1: Can and you repeat that question, though? Because I think it's at a – you said it so fast, and I want people to pause right now yeah. and this homework assignment to ask yourself the same question. So what was that
0: question again? Totally. Homework number one is to ask yourself, what have I always wanted to do, but I haven't given myself permission to do? Mm-hmm. And the key word is Permission and and that's really what and that's where you know what's holding us back comes in because yes of course it's fear we know fear holds us back but there's also expectations there's who we think we should be in the world there's the the kind of life that we've created and we don't always stop and ask ourselves is this really serving me is this really who I want to be as i move forward into this next phase so it's it's about taking stock and really going inward and saying what is most important to me who am i and what do i really want for this life and and is what I'm doing creating that? Uh-huh. And, and so that's the journey I went on. And I realized I want to travel. And as a coach and a writer and a speaker, I had speaking engagements lined up in other countries already. So I was like, wait a second, I can just position myself around the world for, and what was set out to be what I called the joy seeker journey. (laughs) Uh And then I didn't even know it was going to turn into a book. My agent and I, which, you know, you know, love Steve. We, Uh we had another book that we were ready to just push send on. And then my inner voice was like, no, write a proposal, do joy seeker. And that's how that all turned about. So I went on this incredible journey around the world, and really discovered a lot of key things about what it means to live a life that you're truly made for, and that's how the book came about.
1: Well, that's I, it's such a beautiful. It's always a beautiful story when when someone follows their heart, and, and for some people that might look like a smaller scale, you know, like you finally Absolutely. taking that trip to Europe or the Bahamas or, or something like that. And I know that you also talk a lot in your work in general. You talk about how women can trust themselves. And can you talk about that for a minute? Like how can we work to trust and believe in ourselves? Cuz I think I see that so much in direct relation to what you just talked about. Like can we actually quit our corporate job and do something completely different? Can we follow our heart and do this big huge project or do do the next big thing that we want to do?
0: Yes, absolutely. And that's really this book is, is really about authentic living. And my whole mission is to help people trust themselves. And, and I I live fully that way because ultimately, yes, traveling the world full time is is a really big dream. It was the biggest dream in my heart. And so we have to I love that you first pointed that out because some of us have dreams on all scales and a dream is a dream. The dreams are the catalyst to our fulfillment. Like we yeah. really have to trust the dreams that are coming to us. The dream to start the business, the dream to write the book, the dream to have a children, the dream to move to another city, whatever it is, if it keeps coming back to you. And so that's part number one is recognize these fantasies or visions or dreams are part of your kind of journey of life to, to really seeking and understanding yourself and joy. But then what we really want to do as far as trusting ourselves is to trust the process and take each step. So I often say we learn the way on the way. And each step you take is going to reveal more clarity. And so it's a lot like working out. I mean, we've heard this before, personal development, self-help, but also mm-hmm. going for your dreams. And the first time you do it, it may be uncomfortable. And the first time you may be really sore and you're questioning, what's this really for? But then after you kind of take those steps, show up to the gym, right, or you keep on what the steps represent and how we trust ourselves is by listening to the inner voice that's saying, I should do this. This feels good. I'm going to go for this. This is what I know makes me feel happy. And we do more mm-hmm. of that. And the more you do that, the more you begin to trust yourself because you're actually keeping your own word with yourself. You know, it's like when we, when we break promises with ourselves, so we don't follow through, we lose faith in ourselves. So the yeah, opposite, it's just perso- like a relationship. Integrity. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Is that what you call the sponge phase? Because I like that (laughs) chapter when you're talking about you can't – I forget which chapter number it is, but you can't bypass the
0: sponge phase. So is that the same thing? It's really similar. The sponge phase is the – the beautiful, glorious, messy. I don't know exactly where I'm going. I don't have clarity, but I know that I'm doing stuff that's really feeling good each moment. So that looks like when I first left corporate, I had no idea. I wanted to be a writer at first, but my inner voice said, take a trip to Paris. And I was like, what by myself, you know? And I did. And my inner voice said, bring your computer. And I was Wait like,
1: a minute. We need to back up because like I want to know – I need to know the logistics <laughs> of what happened. Yes. Because <laughs> I know there's a lot of listeners who are like, I, I I, can't just pick up and like leave my kids. But I'm thinking back when I was in my early 30s, I was, you know, divorced, single, um, didn't really have a whole lot of responsibilities except myself. And I – that voice that said like – yeah, because I had always, always, always wanted to live in New York City, even, oh, yeah. even downtown San Diego because that's where I'm from. I would have lo- and I I I Begged my ex for years. Can we leave the country? Because we were like more, way more inland in San Diego. I won't say exactly where. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I wanted to move to Gaslamp District. It was like it's in San oh, Diego. Yeah. It's a fun place. What uh, What's sort of serendipitous and funny is that I, the fake cancer guy that I ended up dating, had rented a loft apartment down there. So I did end up kind of living there for a little while, even oh, though yeah. that was a disaster of a relationship. But yeah. anyway, I my dream was to, like I just wanted to live in a because I'm always up for adventure. Like I love fun totally. and like the business of it. I knew I didn't want to live there forever, but just, you know, before I had kids and and I and I was too afraid. Like I was that person who wouldn't just be like, "Well, then I'm breaking up with you. If you're not going to go on this adventure with me." But I there was that time where I was single and I I hear
0: stories like yours and I'm like, "I like <laughs> I love it. I love, 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 love that you say that because I hear this all the time from my coaching clients, from my friends even, and that's the same thing. This so the same thing with my trip to Paris is the same as traveling last year on a bigger scale. Everyone in my life, no one would, no one was able to go, and I wanted. I'm I'm single right now. If I was in a relationship, it would have been great. But even if I was in a relationship with someone who didn't want to go, I found it within me to not hold back on my my dreams because mm-hmm. that dream may still be coming to you. Do you still think about New York?
1: Oh totally. Like we were just there um last weekend and it was you know my husband and my two kids. And I like I'm sure my husband was like you've been talking about it for like 17 hours. Like I yes. just, and what I what here's what I thought about and I didn't I don't know maybe I did mention it to him like when I write a book again and probably when my kids are much older, I want to take like three months and rent an Airbnb and just go and write my book. And like, he can come visit me as much as he wants. Like (laughs) he's great. He's easy to be around. (laughs) So I, that's what I'm, I'm, I will do that. But this, that comes with, a safety net. Do you know what I mean? Like, I ha- I've had to put all these things
0: in place. Like, can I afford it now? And but what's so beautiful about what you- I love what you said because that's still a form of that dream. It's like testing mm-hmm. it out, right? I did the same thing. I wanted to move to Hawaii, so when I wrote my book Adventures for Your Soul, I tested it out. You know, I went there for three months and then I was like, okay, this is not what I wanted. So you could be going and doing a part of that, and maybe you love it so much that here is what I talk about in Joy Seeker too, which is so key, is. We have to live out our dreams, at least take the steps in them because they will always give us more clarity on the next thing. And Mm -hmm. so while I was traveling full time, I realized, wait a second this isn't my dream, but wow. I don't want to spoil the book process. So, but my whole point is like, so maybe you go, you go for three months and you're like, oh, this hate is it. so great. And you hate there's it. There's many rats. Yeah. So totally. You're like, <laughs> that's what I was like in Hawaii. I'm like, there's flying yeah. cockroaches. I am not staying here. Yes, there
1: are. And there's a lot of sirens in New York City. And so, I live out oh, in the country yeah. now and we so very rarely hear one. And I'm like, so there's many. so many emergencies out here. Yeah. yeah all yeah. hours.
0: I remember that mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So that's the point. I think we just have to give ourselves kind of the, whether it's a baby step towards that goal and that dream. And then of course you, you nailed it. Having a supportive, you said, you know, your husband can come and having a supportive family structure really does help. And if you don't have it within your own family, creating that with friends, creating that with, you know, soul sisters and misters kind of thing on the, on the internet, like on your Instagram, you have a great supportive community, you know? So we find that community and that support, which is really important, um, with our coaches, but to the point, I went to Paris and I, I kind of took the steps and I didn't know what I wanted. But while I was following each step, I wrote an article and it turned into my first published article in Chicken Soup for the Soul back in when I went to Paris back in 2009. Um, huh. and, and so my point is, I had to follow each step, the inner voice that said, bring your computer, you know, and I traveled and that turned into travel writing for a while. So really what it is is when we're talking about trusting ourselves, it's about a nine and, a homework assignment number two. Anybody who is ready to go deeper, get your oh, journal. Oh my I love this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love action steps too. So, just ask yourself, like, what dream keeps coming back to me, or yeah. or another question. And we've heard this before, of course, like in all kinds of seminars. But if if time, money, energy was not a factor, you had unlimited, and other people's opinions, totally mm-hmm. others' opinions and fears, and you knew you could not fail. What would you do? And really take time to answer that because ultimately. We have to at least allow ourselves in our mind to kind of dream about it before we can really start to to live it. Yeah.
1: Okay. I love. Well, it's sort of like there's some I, this coach, and I don't know if she coined it or what, but she says follow the feel good, and that sounds a little bit like what you're saying. And I I, I always encourage people to even if it's just tiny baby steps. I remember I was on a coaching set. I, I recorded a podcast episode after I had a coaching session with this woman who was in one of my group programs. and she had talked about I think I asked her that question you know like what what would you be doing like what's the thing that brings you the most joy and she yeah. said I always find happiness when I'm around horses and so it was the, her assignments were what are some little things that you can do even if it's once a freaking month totally. to go down and volunteer yes, to yes. clean the shit out of the stables like exactly. <laughs> anything yeah. that it is cuz I know y'all are busy and I know so many people have so many things to do. I get it. But if you have time to take a shit, you have time to get on your phone and research what it is that like one tiny baby step that you can do.
0: Yeah. And I think you're nailing it. It's the baby steps. That's actually one of the ways I pulled myself out of depression and stuckness Mm -hmm. and anxiety because I started volunteering just at an animal shelter. And that led me to adopt the dog. So it's it's those things that we don't I think what happens is so often we want to know how and we wanna know that it's gonna work out and we wanna like kind of yes. we want that magic bullet, but that's really and that's really what Joy Seeker is about. It's not the the end all. It teaches us how to be in the journey and really love the journey. And that's if you can love the steps, like looking back, every step led to where we are today. But we wouldn't have known that if we didn't go for it.
1: Yes. And okay. And I know this book is also about authentic living and removing barriers that hold us back from being who we are truly. So let's talk a little bit more deeply about some of those barriers. Like what are the, the most common ones? I know you've kind of, you've ticked them off a little bit, but what, can we talk a little bit in more depth about what they are and what holds people back?
0: Yeah. Well, you kind of talked about it as well. We, obviously other people's opinions and, yeah. this, you know, and, and really what it is, is it's a fear of not fitting in or a fear of, of not being accepted. What we all want is acknowledgement. And I feel like we're living in a culture and a society right now where we're, we're like desperate for attention, especially, you know, the whole social media can be great for mm-hmm. us, but it also creates this. Inner, I'm not good enough kind of mentality, and a lot of that leads into competition. So or comparison. I feel like comparison, yeah. especially when you're trying to go for something you want, and you see someone else who looks like they have it so easily. Um, we never know what's going on behind, you know, the the social media screen or behind the fancy titles. Um, one of the things that I found really really blocks us the most. Two things really. One, um, it's it's the I want to say the idolization of others. We put our power outside of us, whether we are giving our, it's its really giving our power away. So whether you look at a celebrity or a famous person or someone in your own industry, who's like killing it. And you're like, why can't I sell books or whatever? Um, when we put other people on this pedestal, it kind of makes us always feel like we can never be as good as them. So I, I talk mm-hmm. about this it really especially in American culture we're like obsessed with celebrities a lot of people um, and we feel like they're better than us and and that keeps us from really recognizing our own power so just be aware homework number three yeah. <laughs> I actually call them joy jaunts in the book a jaunt is like an excursion um, to help you kind of get in touch with yourself yeah there's like little mini exercises throughout. yeah the book. yeah mm-hmm. exactly so another one would just be like um, how can I bring my power back to me where have I been giving my power away and sometimes mm-hmm. it's, it's in your own family household where you're not speaking your truth. You're just letting things roll off your back when really you're building up resentment and anger inside. And that's another one. So look at kind of your own life where you're not speaking up and speaking your truth. We need to be honest with ourselves in order to be true to ourselves. And then look at where you're giving your power away and thinking other people are better than you. No one's better. We're all equal here on earth. It's uh-huh. amazing. And then, like I, yeah. like I said, yeah. So those are some.
1: Yeah. Yeah. you went. Every time I talk to you, it's like there's like just so much wisdom that oozes out. So if you guys are going to have to listen to this like on half speed <laughs> 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 to get everything, I my do friend tony too.
0: I get my my, word. So do
1: I. My friend Tanya Geisler calls that worship wisely when you really pay attention to, uh, you know, yes. like you said, like the people you're putting on pedestals. And I remember when I when I got into this industry and was you know doing the comparison of people that were farther ahead of me, and then I got to be friends with some of those people, and then. Kind of like getting a peek behind the curtain, and I was like, "Oh, right, <laughs> you are the same as all of us. <laughs> and you, yeah, yeah, you still have anxieties or whatever it may be. Oh, I totally. Like get that. hard mm-hmm. marriages, like you know, children with disabilities, like all of these things. And I remember it was it was both disappointing and <laughs> relieving. Yes, like, yes. okay, we're all just human, and you know, and some people do have it easier. Some people have more advantages than others. Like, I'm not going to pretend that that doesn't happen, but I think it." It was probably humbling to know that even those people that you put way upon pedestals. You know what happened for me? I don't know if this happened to you or not. I start to not trust people who are in the public figures, like in the media, ah, who don't yeah. ever talk about the hard stuff. Yeah. Like, I'm like with one yeah. raised eyebrow, like what's going – like it makes me nervous for them. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that, And I understand people – want to keep their privacy and things like that. But I think the people who try extra hard to make things look so beautiful and curated and perfect, those are the people I kind of trust the least. Yes.
0: And actually there's a whole section in Joy Seeker about that because we're coaches, right? And we're authors. Mm -hmm. And I see it in our industry a lot. And I I, I talk about how um, I know people and I see it where we feel like we have to be happy all the time. This is another barrier Mm -hmm. that blocks us. And- If so, if you're a coach, author in the wellness space or a yoga teacher, anything like that, when you don't feel good, you feel like something, you're deficient, something's wrong with you. So you put on an extra strong face to try to pretend. I had some friends in my life earlier in my career who they were like, they're I think they're still coaching, but they were coaches. And if they weren't feeling good, they wouldn't pick up the phone because they didn't want anyone to know that they were sad. And, and I feel like there's this, I love all of the work you do, Andrea, because it's all about embracing that and vulnerability being who we really are and the feelings, feeling your feelings and sharing them mm-hmm. with friends, sharing them openly, even with your community is so important for us to one, be connected to one another, but to be honest and real with yourself.
1: Yeah, it's, it's so, you know, what's really interesting is when I, I think this kind of goes hand in hand with being a helping professional and it's like the sweetest thing ever that my audience does when, um, when I'm really authentic, like when I tell them, okay, you guys, I've been in the depths of despair the last couple of days, or I tell them I'm, I've been telling them I'm really nervous about this, this next book. And it's, it's showing in my proposal and, and how slow I am to be able to, to finish it. Um, I have like clients and even just people in my audience that I've never even worked with before, like reaching out. And I think some of them are genuinely worried about me. And and I, I make this up, but I, I wonder if some of them are like, okay, if Andrea falls apart, there's no hope for any of us. Like, And I just... I'm- tell you to set the record straight. I am, I'm very resilient. I have, all. (laughs) I am, I trust myself that I will bounce back, but it's really sweet how they all kind of like come out and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, we're thinking of you. And it's, it's, it's really sweet.
0: And that's, that's the community. That's the community that we all are looking for. And that adds more meaning. I've done that in the past. I remember several years ago when I was kind of more invested in celebrities, when like celebrity couples would break up, I'd be like, oh, no hope for me. I know. <laughs> but
1: I feel like Jack Shepard and Kristen Bell break up, I yeah. don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs>
0: that's exactly it. But I think yeah. it's just this this human part of us, you know? <laughs>
1: right. We Yeah. We, we want the best for people.
0: Well, um, again, Joy Seeker, let go
1: of what's holding you back so you can live the life you were made for. I think one of the favorite parts – I like it when books are really organized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love how it's like – here's. here's here's how it's broken up into parts. So there's the realizing, the releasing, the becoming, the accepting, the aligning, the actualizing, the allowing, and then last is the being. So did you, how did you come up with those parts? Did they just sort of download to you or did they come along as you were writing it?
0: Um, actually, it was a combination. I I originally had it in the proposal as chapters, and it was very much chapter one, chapter two. But as Uh I was living it and writing it, it became this has to be parts, has to be. Because really, ultimately, what this is, is we have to, it's really a journey go on in your own life. But when you read the book, and we first have to realize what's been blocking us, you can't just become your best self if you're not paying attention, right? And then so it really became parts and then each part is is really a representation. So the first one is about understanding, looking at where you've come and then it's uh, it's a beautiful process. So thank you. I I like to be very organized too.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's it's I think it's helpful in self-help books. Well, I know you talk about the law of attraction a little bit and we chatted a little before we started talking about cuz you know, I have my own views on on the law of attraction. And so I I liked the chapter, what you want. This is kind of a two-part question. So tell us a little bit how you view the law of attraction. And then I love the chapter, which section is this in? In part three, the becoming, what you want wants you to embrace your desires. Because I agree with that. So give us your take on that.
0: Yeah. So for for the law of attraction, I think uh, sometimes it sounds a little woo-woo and and we kind of steer away, but I realize we're all kind of living it even if we don't realize it. And, And how we can know is think about what you've been thinking about and what you're living. And so a law of attraction is really it's it's about energy. Everything is energy. So like attracts like, I mean, it's also a scientific term if you really get down to it. Also positivity brings in like a battery positive, you know, kind of brings in that like a magnet is going to attract. So if you're thinking about what you don't want. And you know, a good example is with money. There's a section in my book about money too. We can't talk about living a fulfilled life if we're not aware of our money habits. Mm-hmm. So I find often law of attraction is playing out in our money. When it's time to pay a bill, are we really stressed out? Are we frustrated? I understand fully that some of us have to have multiple jobs. I did when I first left corporate in order to transition into writing, no matter where you are in your life, um, sometimes money and the fear of Of not having any and going bankrupt can be a real thing looming over us. Um, But I I have practiced full blown um, playing it out in every situation of life, and we can look at it. If you're focusing on Louise Hay, actually a Hay House author, she passed now, but she had a a situation where she talked about money and she said, I'm going to be thankful for my money. When I pay my bills, I'm going to be in gratitude. It's really about Mm -hmm. shifting to gratitude. And when she did that, she started to realize it wasn't as stressful. That stress released from her body, she no longer had anxiety around it. And then she was able to be in a receiving mode. And she got larger book advances. She got more programs and fundings for her community, all kinds of stuff. So it really comes back down to starting with ourselves First be gratitude for what we do have. And it transcends out from there. And that's really about what you want want you to. We all want to feel abundant. We all want mm-hmm. to have more of the things that really bring us joy. And one way we can do that is by being in gratitude.
1: I love that. I... I feel like my gratitude practice has shifted over the years. When it first started, I was it was very much like I'm going to write down, you know, 3 to 5 things I'm grateful yes. for every day. And I think that's a great start. Mm-hmm. But mine has shifted more into I practice it in the moment where just I just like really lean into the joy
0: yes.
1: of whatever it is that I'm really grateful for and I say it out loud to like if I'm thinking of someone Oh, that's I will text them and say, yes. uh, you popped into my head twice this week. And so I just wanted to reach out and say, Hey, and then I just, I really I love, love our friendship. Yeah. I love that. And it's, it it also, and I will say one more thing that has helped me tremendously with the law of attraction. And, and I just, I just want to say for the record, I have shifted my views a little bit with, with law of attraction. I take what I want and leave the rest. I think it's, completely cloaked in privilege. And it is, I think that a lot of times, no, we didn't manifest it. We just were born with more resources and advantages than other people had. And I think if more people understood that, the world would be a different place. So side, sidebar there. But I just, one of the things, and I got this from Jen Sincero's book. I can't remember which one it was, but instead of being, when you're stuck, when you're in that place where you're like, I don't know, either like, I don't know where my keys are, or I don't know which job I should apply for, or I don't know if I should quit my job. Instead of spinning in that place of, I don't know, I don't know. And then that anxiety that comes up is to tell yourself the clues are all around me.
0: Yes, and exactly. That's beautiful. That's, that's exactly one of my too. favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know it's interesting because I do feel that there the clues are are part is it, it ties into everything we've talked about today too because we have clues you know um, once you kind of make that choice have you ever noticed you start seeing more whether it's more commercials about it or more people yep. start talking about it that's love or you just
1: stop agonizing over it yeah like, that feels
0: better <laughs> yeah you're no longer <laughs> obsessing and it's just right. like a freedom yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I I use that one all the time, and it's one I I try to remind my kids of. It just feels it just feels better than being stuck in that place of I don't know I don't know stress 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 all over. I know the place it's
0: so true, nights. and that happens. You know, I, just the other day I was couldn't find my keys, and then I reached into the same purse pocket, and there they were. But they weren't there a second ago. It was like what? So yeah. because you're in that frantic state of anxiety, you can't you can't see clearly. So mm-hmm. it, all of it is about um, balance and, and calming ourselves. So yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I know you talked about losing Tucker, and that was a big part of your journey. And and you you talk more about grief in the book, and about losing what you love the most, and how you that can help you find what you need. So can you can you dive a little bit deeper on that?
0: Yeah, I think the grieving process is is not a uh, it's not a candy coated like it's not a cookie cutter thing for anyone. Uh, sure, as shit it, isn't. I know you're here. Yeah, You're Whether you're grieving the loss of a, a, a you know. Dog to me is family, but a family Completely. member. We grieve other things too. Sometimes we have to grieve uh, not even a death or a passing. It's it's the loss of a job or a career that didn't pan out or a relationship. You know, all kinds of things. Basically, even when the seasons change, we sometimes grieve. So for me, what I really recognized is the way through grief is with courage. Um, both courage within our own heart to find a way to keep going, but also to really dig deep. And, and sometimes the, the grieving can be our greatest teacher. And that's exactly what it was for me. I... I really went inward to understand because I was working on an autopilot. I loved Tucker so much and I didn't know Mm -hmm. that I was placing my happiness outside of myself still. I had no idea because he was my joy. Um, So really it became about, I have to find joy within myself and and happiness within me. And the true grieving became a place of pulling me out of depression because you know there were nights where I was just stuffing my face with ice cream and, Mm -hmm. and not able to like Brush my hair um, to to okay. I'm I'm gonna take this and I'm gonna do something with it. What do I? What would Tucker want? And I used him as my inspiration. Like, what would he want for me? He wouldn't want to see me all like this. So that kind of helped. But I think the biggest thing when we are grieving is to recognize no one can tell you. Oh, get get on, move on with it, and you may hear that even if it's been five months or five decades. Yeah, grieving they stay in our hearts forever. So, what I truly understand, grieving is our biggest, greatest teacher, and courage will help move us forward. Mm -hmm.
1: I think you kind of answered the question. The next question that I had on that is: is what what kind of? I guess what do you have to say about? Kind of putting that in a container because that can get tricky. Where I do believe you can have both. I think you can honor your grief and at the same time move on with your life. I mean that's something I've been sort of dancing with over the last few years. And I I, I really struggle with judging anyone's grief and at the same time, you know, I've seen people really hold on to their grief and I. It's I don't I don't know what is your take on that I just feel like it's such a personal thing it's just not up for judgment or you know like measuring by
0: anyone else totally and you nailed it like we can't judge others what I really 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 understand and one of the lessons I present in the Joy Seeker process in the book is everyone's on their own journey and what we can do is open up to more compassion respect and love for others for wherever they are I mean I have a dear friend who's grieving the loss of a relationship and it's been twelve years and she Mm -hmm. hasn't dated or moved on and I just love her. Through it, I just talked to her last night, and she was crying still. Like no judgment, we have to just be where we are, because I truly feel um, we get what we need when we need it, and so we can love our friends and family. But ultimately, there are some people who handle handle it differently. So what is happening is they're putting how they approach life onto it. So if yeah. someone's like, move on in their mind, they would have moved on, but they didn't have the love that you did. They weren't in that relationship. They don't know the intricacies of it. So I feel like we can just love each other with compassion. Yeah.
1: It's so complicated and layered. And then, it's, and then yes. when you're talking about like being in a relationship with the other person, you know, you're in this friendship with this person and then and then you have to decide, like, can you still show up for this friend? And some people can't. And I know. You have to set boundaries, and yeah, it's
0: complicated. Oh, I did get to that point. You know, a couple yeah. weeks ago, <laughs> I said, "This is the well, same conversation." You just conversation. probably you love her
1: so much, like I can't, I can't keep seeing you like this.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly the conversation we had. That's exactly it, and it finally kicked her into the next level. But at the same time, you know, we that's I love that you brought that up because boundaries. Is is so important um, for protecting ourselves, but also being there for others. I know so many people are listening, we're caretakers, we love, we have big hearts, mm-hmm. we're compassionate, we want to be there. But if it is at the sacrifice of yourself, you have to put yourself first, get out of there, protect yourself, whether it's yeah. through verbally conversation or physically removing yourself. Yes. We could have a whole show on that, but
1: I want to ask you one more question before I let you go. (laughs) And how can we let go of who we think we're supposed to be so that we can be the person that we're meant to be and seek more joy?
0: Beautiful question. Well, that's, again, everything we talked about today, it's not a one item, one journal question, one big aha. It's about really understanding that when we want more, like I'm, I'm made for more. I want more for this life. I want to live with more meaning. I want to live with more joy. And if the answer is yes, that's when you go and say, okay, well, what is holding me back? And there's a whole bunch of things. It's not one thing. And, and really, ultimately, it comes back to you making the most of your time on earth and, and living your life from a place of integrity, a place of truth, a place of honesty. And that is the true joy. That was such a great note to end on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Mike drop. Yay. Uh, Joyce, your let go of what's holding you back so you can live the life you were made for is out. Where do you want people to go? I'm sure you have, you know, like book bonuses and things like
0: that. Yeah, you can go to playwiththeworld.com. That is my website and um, lots of book bonuses as well. There, you can go to my social media on Facebook and Instagram, Shannon Kaiser Writes. And I'm posting all kinds of positive messages, and it's all fun.
1: Yeah, we'll have all those links in the show notes, everybody. So thank you so much, Shannon, for being here again. It's always a joy to have you on.
0: It's been great to be here. Thank you.
1: Listeners, thank you so much for your time. I know how valuable your time is and I'm so grateful that you choose to spend it with me and sometimes my guests here. And until next time, I will see you all out in cyberspace. Bye-bye.